0: John. Marilyn. There you are. I hear you.
1: Good. That's a positive sign. I just ordered a, another mic <clears throat> because I because the laundry I took care of the first one. I've got a spare, but but I want to have I always want to have one reserve. I don't want to wake up all right. and all of a sudden say we can't talk. You know.
0: Well. So. Yeah. You can talk on speaker in a pinch.
1: Yeah, but that's a pinch. I like I like the noise canceling part of this. I like the mm-hmm. part that we're not popping the mic. I like that part.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. But we forgot <laughs> to we forgot to talk about advertising um, earlier. I, oh, we should talk about that later. I mean, they're they're um, they got us down at an RPM rate of fourteen ninety five. Um, I don't know what that means. Well, I don't either. Exactly. Yeah, they're, chasing, <laughs> <laughs> they're chasing us to run the ads. Um, okay they're giving us some daylight and some you know we have to have this We're we're so overqualified it's just stupid um in terms of their metrics
2: uh.
1: um, spotify is like and i think they are scratching their head and saying why aren't they responding
2: <laughs> 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 because Marilyn that's how we and John don't care <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's how we roll <laughs> it's about it's about how we talk
0: right. you can
1: talk all you want to pal but don't bother us <laughs> oh
0: gosh oh my gosh that, that's so indicative of how we are i'll get to it when i get to it you're gonna wait on me
1: <laughs> oh gosh I, it, it did cross my mind when i was reading this i thought We're being chased by a commercial organization they want us to run their commercials and we're saying no oh (laughs) my gosh that's funny we don't care
0: no no we do care (laughs) we're gonna do it we'll do it Yeah, (laughs) yeah Um, it's a gift for us you don't even kick that in the mouth mouth, right Okay. okay so but I was thinking about that earlier how I've got things on my whiteboard and I'm like well I should care more about that (laughs) <laughs> next <laughs> what else do i have to do uh yeah next <laughs> yeah some things mm, they just ha- have to wait you know what you know what can wait it's not about people we don't make people wait but process and organizations can wait
1: i agree i yeah. true so too mm-hmm. especially you know i mean We've got a lot of water under our bridge. I don't think we need to be in a rush for anything.
0: No, it's just kind of the one thing that I can't stand is being controlled by an organization.
1: <clears throat> well, I've been I, fired multiple times. I think I got you beat on being fired
0: well, just yeah. because
1: I didn't comply. Yeah. but I yeah. just,
0: I mean, I will walk away, you know, in a minute. I'm out.
1: <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm out. out. Mm-hmm.
0: So anyway, I um
1: That's huh. pretty scary when you say that I'm out. That's pretty direct. That's pretty like whoa. Yeah. I you know. I'm out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah,
0: when the hammer drops, yeah, it's not a good thing. It hurts. No, no. Yeah.
1: no. I don't even want to go there. Yeah. Um what else? You were gonna say something else. What what was it?
0: Um I I was thinking about I don't know. Sometimes I just sit here and I daydream about my life. Like all these things are happening and I'm just sitting here. (laughs) I feel like I'm not doing anything, but amazing things are are coming together in ways that, you know, I could never, ever predicted. I didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, uh, directly, like, for example, like with your book, I don't have anything to do with that. You know, I'm not writing the book. And I didn't tell you to write the book, right? It was never my idea, (laughs) right? And that's what I'm saying. You know, there's other things coming into the fold that are definitely not my doing. I didn't, I didn't ask for that. But uh, well, third
1: party. I think it's yeah. I would, I would from from a business quote unquote standpoint, or an emotion standpoint. I think it's 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 being you're being ratified by by third parties. Which is the best way to get it, Mm -hmm. you know. Right. Like you say, you don't like to self-promote. You don't have to Mm self-promote. Because just when you show up, it happens.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. And and I try to really impart the the idea that it's about love. Doing this life thing is just really a lot easier than we make it out to
1: be. Well, but love in your case is always hiding in the shadow of God by right? with these other people, which you know I think I don't know if I'm hmm. going down the wrong track here, but I I it's if if you um you're running them together in in a way. I mean you're you know it's the spirituality of the whole thing, but. Love, I think, has a context that's outside of spirituality. It's outside of self. it, it becomes more like procreation in some people's minds instead of mm. instead of white light. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it gets in the way mm-hmm. and and uh, then you and then if if God gets involved, then it becomes religion, and then that's in the way, right. And mm-hmm. so it's a you know it's right. kind of a thispian task, really. It's like you're rolling a ball uphill. Mm.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes me chuckle because on Christmas Eve, we were sitting around the table playing um, Pictionary. And we haven't played in a while, but I was with my son, my oldest son. And I'm drawing this picture of a mountain and a skier and stuff. And the word was ski. And so I drew the mountain and the skier... But, Somebody else had guessed it from some because it was an all play, and uh, he looks at it and I go, "It was skiing." And he looked, he goes, but well, mom? Who skis uphill?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it was so true. I'm <laughs> like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> so That's funny, cute. right? How you know your mind is like you got an image of something and you're trying to compute it on paper, and it's like, "Well, that didn't work." <laughs> oh gosh yeah <laughs> yeah and then you see other people's drawings you're like well that was simple that, that was really good mm-hmm. It's have you ever played that game do you know I what it th- is I was
1: just trying to think about it i was i think i played it once maybe maybe mm-hmm. i'm Mixtunary. aware of it i'm aware It's a of lot it. it's of a lot, fun it's a long time it's an old game
0: yeah it's an old Isn't game it? yeah and it's definitely one of our favorites um you know, because you just, you pick a card and either it's your team or it's an all play and you get to see the word, what it is, and you got a timer and you've got to draw this thing. And sometimes it's really hard.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. Especially when not I a good draw. I noticed that's,
1: I don't know if that's how they got it, but that's when you go to your, I don't know when they start doing this, what, what age, but when you go to your, get your annual physical. Yeah. From the doctor, they have you play a Pictionary game. Um, So you can, and there's timed. You have to draw. They usually give you a. They have. They have you draw a um, a clock, and and arrange the hands so that it's ten minutes after three or four four twenty five or something. And they watch you do it. See how you can do it.
0: This is for an for what exam?
1: For physical. For annual physical. Yeah. And annual physical. No annual. Annual. Oh, annual. annual. (laughs) yeah Oh, god. Oh, no wonder yeah. it wasn't making
0: sense. Oh, my god. oh god. That's what I was thinking like when I test you to see if you can think straight well, you gotta figure up your butt. What is going on
2: here? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. Raw clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me back here. <laughs> No. Okay. I'm thinking to myself,
0: I know that will not be happening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Annual, not anal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I got it. Well, I don't know. I've never had that either.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they started when you get older. They're checking for cognitive ability because you've got stuff that, you know, might, I don't know. I guess it affects whether or not you can drive a car and all that Uh kind of stuff. I don't know. They probably Uh are checking for all that stuff. Uh And then, um, I bumped into that one time, it was really funny.
2: Uh,
1: well, I, when I was flying, I used to have an an annual flight physical. Okay. Annual flight physical.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: And, um, I used to go to a guy named Doctor Tallison who gave me my flight physical every year, and uh, I didn't realize it, but he was giving me an age test at the same time. He would—I don't know what his deal was about age, but yeah, I would get an age test every time I got a flight physical. I never knew it. Uh
2: uh-huh.
1: huh. So Tallison manages to fly his airplane into the side of a mountain in Alaska. Yeah. And I got to find a new doctor.
2: Oh my so goodness. So I go
1: to Virginia yeah. Mason. In Seattle, and I get a guy named Paul Smith, who is a just got in, as a just got out of the Air Force. He's a he's a flight surgeon for the Air Force. Uh huh. And so he becomes my new doctor, and I really mm-hmm. liked him. So anyway, uh, they they get my file, and I check into the hospital for the physical, and they say we'd like you to go, uh, John. Uh, we'd like you to go to the uh, psychologist. And I said okay. You know, it's kind of odd. This is a psychologist, uh-huh. and the the guy says, "Um, uh, you're, um, you're, you're, how do you how do you, how do you work on your sex partners? You know, what, what um, what's your relationship with the, you know?" I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, this is a flight physical asshole. You know, what are you talking about? All right. And um, they said, "Well, we we uh, this is early in the days of you know of, of AIDS and all that kind of stuff." And I said, well, we um, we noticed that you're having an AIDS test, and was, so we we're assuming that you have a male partner, and that you're <laughs> whatever. I think. And then he went on to animals. If it's not men, then maybe it's sheep or dogs or something. Whoa! They were in the experimental stage of what is going on with AIDS. I had no idea that Carlson was doing this to me.
0: Oh my God! See that? That's terrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know what, you know, it's like, I, I felt like a, a Skikiki, the Skikiki Warriors or whatever it was, that they, you know, these tests you don't realize. And so, anyway, I finally said, I said, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I said, what's going on? So, then they, then they came clean. Well, here's the deal. This is what your file says. I said, well, that's complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what he was doing that for. And he's dead, so we can't decide to discuss it with him. But what yeah. the hell? Yeah. And um, so, they got ah. that straight. And I went out and I got a regular flight physical again. And I got this and we had a great time and i a great doctor. I loved him, but, but that was really weird. You know, that
0: is terrible. That's an infringement on privacy and oh God.
1: And I went uh, after that, oddly enough, I went to, um, to a place called Bailey Boucher as a volunteer. That's an AIDS uh, hospice. Mm
2: -hmm. Because I
1: became curious about it. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: ended up working there Mm -hmm. for a while as a volunteer. Huh. And um, uh, my friend of mine and it, it, how I got there really, I wasn't that curious. The fact of the matter is, is that a friend of mine was dying and uh, he was, he was living in a van at the time. And I, and he was very proud, very successful businessman in his life. But at this point he'd gone downhill to the point where he was living in a van.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: His name was Pat. And I said, Pat, I gave the key, the keys to my, uh, my house. And I said, Pat, when it gets bad enough for you, I said, just come on in. And when I wake up, you'll be on the couch and that'll be fine. You know, just mm-hmm. whatever. So he did. Finally, he shows up. He's on my couch, middle of the morning, in the morning, and, and he's asleep and he can't take it anymore. Well, anyway, he died. He started He started he was, he was dying. Mm-hmm. So I put the word out to get him into a hospice. I couldn't find any. And the one place that said yes was Bailey Boucher. and That's an AIDS hospice. It uh-huh. was at the time anyway. So on Christmas Eve, I get, I put past a great big tall Irishman and I get him in the car and I get him out to, to Bailey Boucher and I get him installed and he's in a room. It's like a regular hospital room, but it's a little less formal.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And it's, it's, a, it's, and he doesn't know any of this AIDS hospice stuff. He just knows I got him in a place.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and so there he is. And pretty soon this, the, uh, there's a, a drag um, choir that's, that's singing to all the patients and they're coming room to room. And so Pat, for the first time, meets, you know, a dozen or so drag people that are singing hymns <laughs> to him in his room. And oh that's, when. Goodness. <laughs>
2: that's what right. he found <laughs> out. I said, where
1: yeah. have you taken I said, what's an AIDS hospice, Pat? But that's the only place we can get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh and so goodness. anyway... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and he was an avid avid democrat. Okay. So I I got a life size cutout of the president the republican president or somebody who's a big time republican and stuck it in his room for him. Yeah, you know, cuz he has oh we my had that gosh. kind of we had that kind of relationship it was just wonderful. Yeah. But uh anyway, <laughs> he got along really well with the, with the gay people. They were just all over the place and and uh we were treated very well. And um, I was the only we were the only straight guys in the whole place, but yeah. it was, worked out very well. And and they were very kind to us. And we did them And I ended up working there as a volunteer wow. uh, afterwards. And um, I volunteered with them. And I worked in the kitchen and I served food to the guys in the general in the cafeteria. I got to meet a whole bunch of gay people because mm-hmm. uh, because I was, you know, giving them their food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we talked, and they and of course they knew I was straight, and so they used to jump on I mean not jump me, but I mean they would <laughs> they would you know harass the shit out of me, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. We got a lot of laughs out of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, when Pat died, uh we get an honor guard of, of uh, gay men and women that are escorting him to the, to the to the place, and uh, they he was so tall we couldn't get him in the bag, uh we couldn't get him in the coroner's bag. he was too long for it. Wow, and we had we had to get him stuffed in there, and we, these guys were all helping us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, oh, it was a gosh. great experience. It's a totally wonderful experience. That I, I, yeah, I, uh, it was just worth it, you know, mm. just by circumstance. That's all. Yeah,
0: the camaraderie of it, it sounds like, but yeah, the actual experience.
1: Mm. Yeah, you know,
0: how long was he there?
1: Weeks. I don't know how long. Long mm. enough, you know, long enough to get involved and to, to you know, get to another crowd. He was <laughs> he had an allowance. He was on um he ended up on public assistance and, and um he got money every week or month or something, and walking around money of some kind from the Fed. And and he um uh, and he wanted he was he he was living in his past all the time, which is great. I understand the problem. And he was he wanted to tip people for better service uh-huh. and he didn't have any money, but this, but this federal grant that money that he had. So, so the, the, uh, the, uh, the staff at Bailey Boucher converted all of his money for him into small change and gave it to him. Then he would tip them. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he didn't know what the money was because it was being provided to him. So he got the money. He would tip the staff, the staff would thank him. They would then take the money, put it back in the kitty, and it kept rotating. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> And
1: he that's just cute. kept tipping more and more and more. And of course, it was just great. Everybody great. had a great time.
0: See, that's yeah. a that's a vortex of love right there.
1: Yeah. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That is
0: great. See? Stuff that's like wonderful. that, you know, and I mean you're sharing the story, but everybody who was a part of that, I'm sure, has shared the story.
1: I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because
0: those things have impact. It's out of the ordinary.
2: You know, I think you
1: have to, I think you, I I believe that you must be prepared. You must be willing in life to step out and do that, to to take the chance, take the risk. mm -hmm. If you don't, you'll never get that opportunity. You just don't.
0: Yeah. Plus, life shouldn't be so linear, you know, so confined and controlled by you know, the expectation of, you know, this is where you're at on the number line. So this is what you should be doing by now.
1: Yeah. Who, t- yeah, who decides that besides the controllers that we're tired right. of?
0: Right. You know, and it just, um, it doesn't work. It's, it's so, just made a mess of all of us. That's right. Mm-hmm. And people not knowing um, <laughs> what to do, what to do anymore. You I, know, Uh I remember I
1: got one more thing I want to say. This is one of these things about, you know, you don't realize what's coming down. This was the early days of AIDS. And so AIDS was contagious and it was, you know, difficult and out of control and whatever. So anyway, we had a guy pass out on the floor. And uh, I was in the room and I started to go for him and someone else did too. And we heard this screaming, this shouting. Just stand back, stand back, stand back. They couldn't touch him, couldn't touch him. Okay. Because he was contagious. Mm. So they call, so there he is on the floor. Nobody can touch him because it's, you know, too dangerous. Mm -hmm. Somebody calls the fire department. They come up and the fire department walks in all in white hazmat suits, completely covered in white with these outfits. Because they can't touch him either because he's contagious. This is AIDS. And so they came in and it's like, it's like a space scene. Like outer space. They're uh-huh. working on this guy on the floor and they're all in hazmat suits. Like it's uh-huh. like it's poison. And they take him out. And um we uh you know, I it was amazing, really, how how scary it is at first when you don't know what the hell you're up against, you know, and everybody's uh-huh. just worried to beat hell about it. Uh-huh. And uh, and it it was a problem, obviously, but but uh goddamn, it was really a eye opener for me. Yeah, and um so, and you know, you like Boost a lot, don't you? You love Boost.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had a, that was our, that was our drink of choice for the age patients. Oh my Boost. gosh. And uh, we would have a lot of Boost and it was in a vending machine. They would, and they would ask for Boost, but, and I would, so I'd give them the Boost. Then they would go outside in the street and they would, and they would pedal it drugs and, and cigarettes. Wow. would Wouldn't drink it. They'd sell it. hmm And then they then they go in the back yard that we had there and they'd shoot themselves up with whatever they could get on the street. It was a tough control mechanism thing, but it was great. Great experience. Anyway, that's my story. All Boost. right, go on. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's just poison. <laughs> it's it's just like a, you know, uh an early adopter to like now we have monster drinks, you know, or even protein drinks. You know, things that pretend to be good for you that aren't. You know, and the whole AIDS thing. Don't even take me down that road.
1: Well, I don't need to. I've already been down that road.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, all these diseases are contrived. It's not even cool.
1: Well, I, I, I agree with you to the, to the extent that I think that they are mishandled in such a way that they could have been had a lot better. And, and if they hadn't, if it all depends on who's paying the bills, you know, if it's, if it's a big pharma that's involved, it's who knows what you've got. I don't know. It's tough.
0: No. People... It, what's the,
1: what's the cure though? What's the fix?
0: To get rid of all the people who are creating these diseases.
1: Yeah. You mean like the, um, yeah, like like the uh, Rocky Mountain Bug, Bug Lab in Hamilton, Montana, and places like that. <clears throat> yeah, with, uh, there's, there's labs that create this stuff that I mean that are ex- experimental experimental stuff. Experiments that go bad. And um, yeah, Wuhan, wow. the whole Wuhan business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't follow that very far, but but, but Rocky Mountain Bug, I, I got involved in that one. Mm. That's pretty interesting. They were, they were the ones, well, that's all spruce um, <clears throat> spruce bark beetle, but that was the ticks. Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mm. We got involved in that early in the early days. Rocky Mountain spotted fever was a big problem, and um, yeah, <laughs> if you mm. got if you had an engorged tick in your back, if there was an engorged tick in your back, you were in trouble. And I mean that that was not about medicine or anything. That was just you were in big ass trouble. Yeah, you were going to get Rocky Mountain spotted fever. End of mm. story. Mm. So That's scary. We want to get rid of a guy one time. And
0: um he put a tick on his back? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't tell me that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we um Hamilton is like like thirty miles from where I lived. And um we, we worked at all that's where we worked. We worked on that area, Worked around Sewell and Hamilton, places like that, and the lab was there. And um we um we played a lot of funny games, mm-hmm. but uh, but but the disease itself was major problem, major problem.
2: Mm-hmm. It'd kill you. Mm-hmm.
1: So if you go in the woods and you get a tick, you know, mm-hmm. just check yourself all the time. Because mm-hmm. they get big and they're just Ew. awful. Ew. I'll just engorge themselves. They get under, it's sub, it's subternal, whatever you call it when it goes into the skin, you know. Yeah. They'll crawl inside of you. Ugh. they crawl inside of you. You got a bug, in. literally a bug is inside of you. You can see his little butt hanging out, and he's getting bigger and bigger as he's, you know, exchanging his venom for your blood.
0: Ew. Ugh. Where, where is
1: yeah. this at? Anywhere where there's trees. There are you know, pine trees, principally. Or animals. Animals are big, big, uh, big game animals like deer, elk, bears. They're full of them sometimes. You'll see. You can see a, a moose walking around. that's so full of ticks that he's delirious, and crazy. Aww. They're just like they're in. They're like zombies. Remember The Walking Dead. Yeah. A tick will turn you into a zombie, just like The Walking Dead.
0: I was wondering, like, what happens to these animals? You know, like when it's flea season or tick season, or how are they well, they're,
1: surviving? They're not. They die. They just Aww. fall dead.
0: That's so yeah. sad.
1: Yeah, because it's, you know, it's the same. Their, their hemostasis are the same as ours. So mm-hmm. you get a, you get a, a big animal gorge with ticks and it's going to kill them. Mm.
0: Yeah, I hate hearing that.
1: Same with trees. Mark, you know, the Rocky Mountain, the uh, spruce bark beetle. I did that in Yellowstone Park when I was a kid. We we're getting rid of those because they were killing the um, spruce trees.
0: Mm. Yeah, God. I have all these things. The I beetle. Do. You, of what kind of beetle
1: rocky mountain i mean uh spruce spruce bark beetle hmm. the spruce bark beetle
0: what do they look like uh
1: I don't know i was I was killing the I, my job was not to kill the beetles my job was to kill the riby bushes which were uh, the host for the beetle to kill the trees so we were after the host
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we we used what we call scarfire guns to uh, to with, with red um, dye in, in uh, kerosene to kill the, uh, the rooted plant so it wouldn't kill the, sp- the spruce tree.
0: Wow. That kind of reminds me of um, the overstory.
1: It's all part of the same story.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, all part of the same story.
0: You know, I get so <laughs> engrossed in, in all of my books that I forget. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to get back to that story. I never finished it.
1: That's a great story. Yeah,
0: cool. I know, but I finished my book, and I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh, God, look at it. You know, it's like, it's probably four inches thick, and uh, a good, like, 10 by 14 inches. It's huge.
1: And now that will be all, and that is all by hand.
0: All yeah. by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's a sispian task right there, speaking of skiing downhill. That's mm-hmm. a sispian task. I don't know Mm -hmm. how you could do that, how you'd have the patience the or even the talent, for that matter, organizational skill. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. I just can't do that kind of stuff. What do you mean? I'm I'm
0: literally just putting thoughts on paper.
1: I don't care what you're doing. It's just it's important that you do Mm -hmm. it right. I couldn't yeah. get it right. I had paper all over the room. I'd have it on the floor. <laughs> I'd have <it> on the...
0: <laughs> no. And the last two pages. Oh God, it was so good. I'm like, yes, it's done. Uh, just, it's just, you know, this, we should all be doing things that we absolutely love in our life, you know, not be pulled around by a leash by society telling us what we need to do all the time. And then we don't, actually contribute anything to our own life other than you know paying a bill and feeding ourselves clothing ourselves like no no you're worth so much more
1: people though yeah uh, I mean, it, everything you say can't be argued with uh generally, but I think that the The firewall becomes getting people over that hump. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's. Yeah.
0: I was watching a video earlier today and I don't remember if it was Bradley or I don't remember. Scroll, scroll. But, you know, they're talking and his net worth was, you know, they're talking about whoever was their net worth. And I'm thinking to myself, that's sad. How do you know what his net worth is anyway? I mean, why is this public information anyway? And then it becomes worth. I'm like, I don't care how much money I have in the bank. That's not my net worth. You can have it all. I,
1: I take it uh, with yeah. me. Yeah. My net
0: worth is who I am.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's just not yeah. about the money.
1: Yeah. It's um I I think people that well, there's certain circumstances where people it's like it's like getting ready for college and you're in your junior year, your sophomore junior and your senior year, you're encouraged that if you want to make it to the big school, you have to belong to the Glee Club, the stent the tennis club, the, the defense departments bing club, you have to belong to the tennis club, you have to be a runner. You have to be a right. international student of the yep. World Trade Association. You have to be this. You have to have gone to these meetings. You have to go to camp. You have to do this. You have to do that. And, you know, it, it's like, what? You know, why?
2: Right. Because
1: that's how you get into Harvard. That's how yeah. you get into whatever it is, is they read this, and then you're gauged. You are measured against all these other people who just went to school. You know, yeah. you are a mover and a shaker. You're a big deal. They're going to take you. Yep. And the parents get psychotic about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And these poor students are just a mess. Yeah. They're a mess. I know. And they're um, they're just emotionally unstable. Yes. Well, trying to J- figure out how to, you know, where's Yeah.
0: The... Janelle oh. and I were talking about that this morning. Just, you know, what a mess our kids are. You know, just the... Um... The inability to put a sentence together, and then you know nobody's reading, and nobody wants to work anymore. I mean, we we have uh, you know our other Star Force commanders, right? Everybody's got their own job and things that they do. And um, uh, Lauren, who is my co-author, she was saying she has a uh, a gym out in New York, and she was saying how hard it is to get people to work that it's so hard that when people come through the door to apply to work at the gym, they're so unqualified. She can't do it. So there's nobody to work there. So what she had to do was go to AI. And now all her classes are led by um, uh, like um, holograms.
1: Oh, that's spooky. Yeah. It's that bad, huh? Wow. Wow.
0: Right. It's that bad. So when you join her gym, you're going to walk in and you're going to do a class with this hologram leading you. <laughs> What's this world coming to? <laughs> my God. <laughs> you know, and I mean, but in all honesty, like with Janelle, it's the same thing with, you know, with the Star Force commanders and, you know, where I'll be and, and things like that. I mean, I will be in the tunnels. I'll, I'll be... Where is she puts me, but I'm not going to be there. My hologram will be there.
1: Yeah. Do you like your hologram, by the way? Have you seen what their representation is yet?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um She just... Do
1: you have any control over what you look like?
0: I really don't. I really don't. That's why the one girl has the purple hair. You yeah. know, I'm like, all right. <laughs> 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 She says I'm a what is it? I'm a not a, a shapeshifter. No, a um I don't know, some sort of shifter of some sort. I can do whatever I want to do.
1: Well, that's important. That's pretty <laughs> handy. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to buy that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you know, it's it's kind of like whatever, however, she's, you know, writing out the story. But when it comes to my own 12 comic books, of course it'll it'll really be me and it'll really be you know, my direction as to what goes in there.
1: I've got, I got the, uh, I've still got the, uh, what do you call it? The premiere issue or the, whatever it is. Yeah. That I first the... comic
0: book is going to be iconic because it'll, yeah. it's going to be so unrecognizable compared to what is going on right now.
1: Well, I that's mean, good. That... that makes it more valuable. I think. Absolutely.
0: It. it looks like yeah. something from, you know, a totally different era.
1: Yeah, it's like having Alexander Graham Bell's first experimental bulb. Seriously, <laughs> it's, like it's just Good.
0: so different. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are getting involved, and um, you know, big names. It's it's pretty exciting what's going on over there. And she just uh, is going to republish her original book, her um, the Tude shifters. I forget the title. I know it's terrible of me, but. This, the Adventures of the Two Shifters I think it is she wrote it years ago and she's coming out with a second edition and the second edition she puts all of us in there at the end so that the reader knows where we're going from there and that's when we get into the Nubicon galaxy and then from the Nubicon we have special uh, missions and these little um, characters are sent out to find each one of us to bring us back. And it's like, all right. So it's it's fun. Do
1: you hypothetically live someplace as a star force commander or do you? Uh, you Oh yeah.
0: I will definitely have my own galaxy.
1: All right. Mm -hmm.
0: And I get to create it. However I see fit. Hmm. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) 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 So
1: you're going to become a, so you are already actually a comic book, character yes. then you're you're, yeah. like, you're like daffy duck or somebody like that right
0: yeah, yeah. superhero
1: huh like yeah i just saw what i see flash saw flash and I, something flash uh you know superhero mm-hmm. thing right right um hmm.
0: yeah but i mean it's just interesting to me how it, it all ties together you know depending on where people come in the story you know who who do they know first because they might actually go to, let's say, the event center in um, in uh, Utah. You might mm-hmm. go there first, or and if you land on me there, that's fine. But if you find out what else is going on, let's say you you land on the game because that's going to be the education. Well, then it's going to come back around and it's going to find Dill's Danger Destiny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I get to play too then. Yeah,
0: Yeah. you do. And then it goes into, you know, Floppy Feathers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then this whole thing, you know, with Elizabeth Gilbert. I mean, get her on board and then it's Floppy Feathers all over again. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's one big thing that's emerging. And um, it's fun. And there's even more. There's even more than that. So, Uh, yeah I'm
1: loving it well it's time it's come I suppose and I think that Janelle is you know she's she's you know rode this dog for a long time I mean you know it's it's like a lot of things you put your heart and soul into it forever and all of a sudden it goes you know
0: well you know our education system has been declining for decades and she has been watching this happen and she's like no we need reform we need reform and you know her whole dream is to reform our educational system and we're at the point now where we have so much technology you know way beyond whatever it was 30 years ago
1: yeah into... the little the little red schoolhouse is is right um... It's a museum piece. I, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So we're looking at, you know, 3D tables and interaction. And then, you know, you're, you're experiencing the lessons with your five senses. You know, you can literally smell things and touch things and um, feel. You know, you're going to feel the there's there's so much you can actually meet all of your heroes from the days past and meet people in history. Which is really cool too, John. <laughs> you can meet <laughs> people in history. <laughs> <laughs> Could oh <my>. you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Go back to the mm. pyramids, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I got someone I want to meet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Uh, well, I'm just thinking. I was just thinking about in, in my own teaching career. Uh, I, I had a, I had a teaching. Well, I had a teaching career. I only taught for nine years, but that was uh, you know a semi career, half a career, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, uh, how how I recall some of the first uh, technology introductions into the into the school, you know, in, into the classroom. I mm-hmm. was sort of in that, I was teaching during that period where it was being sniffed, I guess. Um, and one of the things that came up was what, what you're talking about right now, in a way, was that was that how to get high quality educators, educators in front of more people. And that was to turn them into holograms. Mm. So if you would go into a classroom and if you wanted to have a, you know, if you wanted to have, um, you know, Rudolf Steiner talk to you, you know, he would be talking to you. You couldn't possibly unless unless you went to one of these holographic classrooms. Then you got to sit in front of a Rudolf Steiner. Right. And that was the first sniff that I got of it back in mm-hmm. higher education. Hey. And then after that, it went on to other okay. things. But, but I think yeah. that's right on point. what you're talking yeah. about that's exactly it. There you'll, it. Be. There you'll mm-hmm. be.
0: That's exactly it. That's fun. But until then you know yesterday i had somebody uh inquire something about the game they were telling me i posted it on facebook they were telling me about you know their story and their relationship and you know the poor guy couldn't couldn't um shake the the guilt he had from this relationship not understanding what the heck went wrong and why she did the things she did and you know all these things and um and I segwayed because we're talking about teaching if you didn't catch that right teacher Uh okay Okay, so I'm teaching (laughs) 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 and um yeah and I sat there and I thought to myself you know what you poor thing you have literally literally been ruminating over this for years And, and you know she probably isn't but he doesn't understand, I can't figure it out Like why would somebody do these things And the moment I gave him clarity For example um, He said he said, um, She said to me You're lucky that you're so handsome <laughs> And he says to me What the hell does that mean Merrily <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And to me, it's funny because he was offended. You know, like, what is that supposed to mean? I'm lucky because I'm so handsome. And I said, no, she was saying, jest. she's just letting you know that she thinks you're handsome. You know, you're getting away with what you're getting away with because she thinks you're handsome. You know, but these small little clarifications matter because, you know, the the recipient is literally just. Stressed out over this, going what? What do you mean by that? And it's like, why are you upset? Why are you holding on to that? It was a good thing. It was a good thing. Or well, let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. All right. <laughs> so then, and then he says, then she calls me, you know, like I forget what he said. I think it was like eleven thirty at night or something, and said that um, she wanted a cuddle. <laughs> and he goes, Marley, I'm on the phone going. I'm already in bed. <laughs> <sighs> he goes, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> and I just started laughing. I thought to myself, I go, well, first of all, you're not that indoor. I said, because if you were indoor, you would be there. You would yeah. get up and go. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that tells you right there. You're just not that indoor. And, and you know, your, your relationship is way too mechanical. You're, yeah. you're overthinking everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would just, you don't have to say that now. I mean, I was, I was about to bring that up. I was going to say, wait a minute, this guy's an automaton, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes relationships are so difficult for people that they don't understand that they're being robotic like that because the emotions that, you know, the how to and what to just doesn't come easy.
1: I think if you're attractive or if you're handsome, um, You're attractive, and I've been accused of being handsome. And so there have been times when i felt like this guy's saying. I mean, I have felt in the past where I was resenting. I resented attention because, in my opinion at the time, it was for all the wrong reasons. It was like I was was going to be their eye candy or whatever it is. Mm Mm-hmm whatever you say about it, whatever a man's supposed to be. Okay. Um, and I remember one time I actually said that. I actually said the words you're talking about. I said, the only reason you like me is because I'm good looking. I remember that. Wow. I remember that. I was really angry. <laughs> okay. And uh, I've never said that since or before. And I blurted it out, but I remember how I felt. Mm-hmm. I was angry. I was hurt.
0: Well, you I know was... what? Welcome to a woman's world.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you the get it. The
0: women go through this daily. You know, their intelligence is overlooked, their emotions are overlooked, their emotions are reduced down to, you know, hormones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just how good do you look? Um well, hey, baby, you look good. Come over here and talk to me. Excuse me?
1: Yeah, why do you, is there you know, some kind of thing you like in a, like maybe a, I don't know, a shock machine you just walk up and jab the guy? And what uh, do you do about that? You know, uh, turn him red, spray him with spray paint, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hit him with a rattle can. I don't know, but it's, um, it's really. Um...
0: You know, I, it depends on the context, you know, who you're with, if you know them or not. You know, all kinds of things like that. It it really, it depends. If it's somebody that you don't know. hmm.
1: Well, it's just that becomes uh, abuse. I mean, that's just, that's bad. I'm, I don't know. If you appropriate the relationship for all the wrong reasons, you're doing the wrong thing. Anyway, you're in trouble. But, but I, 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 um, oh, God, I don't know. Okay, but. So hard to grow up. So hard to grow up.
0: Yeah. Right. So it depends on if you're really, truly um, interested in this person. Let's say a guy sees this woman. She's beautiful, and he's like, "Oh my God, she's over there by the oranges. I have to go talk to her." Type thing. And then his, you know, his motive is clear. And then she just starts, um, you know, telling her how beautiful she is, and you know, wow, you have the greatest smile, and you have this. It's like get out of here. Just get out of here. You know, it's, it's off-putting.
1: Okay, that's easy to spot. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, okay. there are like,
0: Right. Then there's, you know, like um, Yasim, like at the farmer's market. He always tells me, ma'am, ma'am, come here. I have to tell you something. <laughs> like, what is it? <laughs> he goes, ma'am, you're so beautiful. <laughs> 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 you know, and then he'll go on about whatever. And I just say thank you. But he and I both know that's going nowhere. You yeah, know, so yeah. I just I smile, laugh it off, and say thank you, and it's like okay, that's it's almost like just a natural exchange.
1: That's fun. That's, yeah, that's fun. Yeah,
0: right. That's fun. that's fun. You know, or and then now yeah. I can just go, hey handsome, how you doing? That type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, but it, if you just think that I'm I look like you know bait on a hook, oh, it's so insulting.
1: Yeah, and I think I you can tell. I mean, you can just tell. Sometimes, I mean, most of the time you can tell when you're being hustled versus whatever it's in all good fun.
0: Yeah, it's like um, I'm not for sale. You see a price tag on me? I'm not offering myself to anybody.
1: So did Gloria Steinem do good work for everybody by, you know, going into the to the feminist movement no, giving women absolutely power? Absolutely not. In some no. Way? Mm-mm,
0: no, mm-mm. no, that was a mistake. No. Bad. Big mistake. Bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: So so she tried to turn women into men. What was she doing wrong?
0: first of all, I mean, look at where we're at now. The pendulum is swinging. Women want to be women again. They want to, and they're proud of it. And actually men are out there doing videos too, talking about women being women, you know, and, and what makes her a woman and how great it is to be a man. And I am full for that. Like completely. There's just nothing better. Um, a woman who wants to fight for equality with a man You know, for respect, uh, financially, whatever, it's like you are putting on the pants and you're acting like a man. And that might be sexy for a moment because you look like Miss Independent, but it gets old real fast. You know, and that's why when men are really attracted to independent women, you know, she's got her own thing going on. She can afford her own bills. She's got a nice car and she's got whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, oh, baby, I want that. It's like you don't understand what you're walking into. She's already independent. She will devour you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The moment you walk into her circle. If you can't be the band, like you know, elevate to show what you've done, who you are, and be in your full confidence. Not nah, forget it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hate her the same way,
2: mm-hmm. because
0: she'll she'll take over. She'll be bossing you around, telling you what to do, and snapping at you. And <laughs> you'll be the pool boy in no no time at all. hmm Okay. Yep. And men don't want that. I mean, so it's, so
1: stick with your gender and be that, be that.
0: Be Okay, babe, have fun. Yeah, be all that. Be who you are and be all that you can be in that. Mm-hmm. Be the woman. Be, be happy that you could wear dresses. You know, men don't wear dresses, and men who do wear dresses aren't those type of men. So it's like there's no competition. Just be the beautiful you that you are.
1: So what was it about society that caused somebody like Steinem to catch on then?
0: oppression uh, because women are just, we're totally disrespected and demeaned and, you know, we're a lower class. You don't get paid as much. You don't get respected for what you do when you're, you know, you're literally birthing and raising the world.
1: Um, right. I mean, most men probably don't understand the endurance of having a child what that would take, um, you know, just that mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, who's manly, <laughs> this what like who could be womanly. Um,
0: yeah. What women do is really, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, to bring that child into the world, but not, it's not just that, not just the hormones, the, you know, the, <laughs> the stress, whatever the uncomfortableness and the change in your body and, you know, you don't feel the same anymore because you don't look the same in the same dresses, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But then you also have to do everything else in the house. Everything else. And it's like, how, how can you make yourself look beautiful, doll yourself up, be who you used to be prior to all that stuff? You've changed positions.
1: But, okay, but it's a worthy goal but so but you can work on that i mean you don't have to you know completely change can't you or live into who you are or not live into it that'd be a mistake i mean that's all right too. live into it what, <laughs> what are <do>? we saying <laughs> i don't know. I find a right word i'm trying to get some phrases that make sense to me but i keep getting firewall about my own comments i don't know um i don't know well the... if i mean if you're I mean, you know, it's kind of just the physiology. I mean, you know, men get pot bellies and lose tone. Women have stretch marks, you know, and whatever. I mean, there's all sorts of problems. I mean, the things that turn you around once you take your clothes off. Um, What do you do? Just work it out?
0: Just work it out. I mean, we're, we're way more than our physical self.
1: I know, but that's the first thing you see. That's what you bump into.
0: Right. Well, I guess
1: I. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. No, no. I guess there's personality. There's all sorts of stuff. But I mean,
0: no, there's, um, it's physical.
1: Is it okay? It's physical. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Most definitely. Definitely, we look at each other and we assess physical first. All
1: right. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and nice. then, and then it's personality. But the the whole idea of the physical is that it's okay for men to get a dad bod. Bod. Because she'll still love him and she'll still do whatever. But the moment she's, you know, her body has totally changed because of children. And now she's nagging like his mother. You know, the whole thing doesn't seem too attractive.
1: Well, is that her mistake or his?
0: Both. You got it because you have to remember that, you know, your net worth is the investment you made in yourself. Who you are as a person, not just what you're doing. You know, what I mean, like I'm making dinner for you. I cleaned your toilets. I'm raising your children. It's not just about what you're doing. It's about who you are. That's your net worth. Who am right. I? You know, right. am I am I worth holding on to?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, or am I replaceable?
1: So when the comment is, I still love you, but you got to be careful what's going on.
0: No, it's, well, right now what we're talking (laughs) about is just what happens physically to ourself. But all of this story begins from the beginning with that first date. Who am I? Do I know my worth? What have I invested in myself? How do I know my value? All of these things play a part. And if you don't know any of that, and you're just beautiful, handsome, and you're willing to fall in love, and so you find a partner easily because you're willing to fall in love, and it seems good because the personalities go together, you're off and running. But all of these other challenges are going to come in, and typically this is what breaks down the family because you never started with a net worth at the beginning.
1: So if this were a road trip across the country and you just started driving, it sounds to me like if you do it wrong, you forgot to bring the map. Uh, and so you just drive down one dead end road after another so you get as far east as you can go. As opposed, or maybe you don't even make it, as opposed to having a map and figuring out where you want to go. Is it a map? Is it is that a good... Analogy? Um,
0: it is if it's used the right way. It is. You know what that reminds me of though? I saw another video and I can't post all these things but this guy's talking about um, that people, two people are not going to make it unless they have the same purpose. And I'm listening to him and I'm thinking oh my god and people are going mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. I'm like No. What is that purpose? Let me ask you that. What is the purpose? What would you think the purpose is? Two people need to find themselves, right? And they have to have the same purpose in order to be compatible for the long haul. This is what he is advocating.
1: I so, think that's I, that's, a, that's I think that's a that's a guaranteed to fail idea. <laughs> guaranteed mm-hmm. to fail. I think. Okay
0: i do too but again we need a definition what is your definition sir of purpose yeah right Mm -hmm. if it's if we don't have that defined then we're all able to surmise well this is what i believe This is my purpose this is what i want to do in my life or in the world and i guess i I have to find Hmm.
1: no i think they missed the definition of purpose because i think that if they're building a house that becomes the purpose Right. And that can become a complete nightmare. That's right. You know, it has nothing to do with purpose, the house. The house nope. is just an ad hoc thing to whatever you're doing. Right. Purpose is all about you, who you are, what's right. your purpose.
0: hmm
1: I mean, I've, there's it's legendary how many people break up over new new home construction.
0: hmm Or remodel. Or
1: remodel, yeah. I mean, you were in that business for a while. You did it. You were a mm-hmm. designer. Yeah, right?
0: hmm Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really, I'm sure it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's for another day. But okay, in today? <laughs> 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 to my point about purpose, and this seems to be coming up a lot in my conversations with people, you know, like people not knowing what their purpose is. <laughs> and that's another problem. If you don't know what your purpose is, and this guy is telling you that you need to find somebody with the same purpose, you'll never find anybody. How do you know? <laughs>
2: yeah. Right?
0: Yep. Okay. All right. So then, then he said, you know, you gotta have be right with God, be right with yourself, and then find somebody who has the same purpose as you. Okay. We all have the same purpose here. We all do. That's like the great mystery. Everybody's trying to find their purpose in life. The order is mixed up. Okay. So it's twisted. If we can understand that everybody is here for the same purpose, our purpose here is to love. That's it. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We need to take that serious. When we love and we learn how to do it properly, we find our passion. Now that you have your passion, you're given a gift and the gift comes from God and you're supposed to give it away. Until then, you're just trying this and that, like, you know, the whole playground scenario where you're just, you know, on the slide or the merry-go-round or whatever and just wandering aimlessly because you don't know what your purpose is.
1: Do, do you think that... Uh, I, I, what I see confusing or would become confusing in the stories is people's lack of understanding of the meaning of the word.
2: What purpose?
1: Yeah, I mean, just all these words, they would have to do a little background on what do you mean when you say that, because they could take it and run with it for all the wrong reasons.
0: That's why the definitions are so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You suppose that, you suppose the game helps us there?
0: Well, yeah, that's why I defined what love is.
1: I know. Right? We have to
0: understand what love is. And when once we have a definition, you know, and then people say, but it's just your definition, not my definition. <laughs> OK, OK, let's try to push back, pa- you know, past the idea that everybody has their own definition. Because there's a formula that goes with the definition. And when you follow the formula, you'll understand the definition is true. And without your own definition and you don't understand the pur- the purpose the definition of what you're supposed to do here again you're wandering aimlessly
1: well i think i think you put it pretty well in your book where you say the game is the remedy to our ignorance yeah um you know <laughs> did quoting, i say that <laughs> yes <that's
0: a> quote. <laughs> you might be going oh my god that's so arrogant <laughs>
1: <laughs> those are your words merrily really.
0: uh yeah. yep but it is because our ignorance is not being able to understand what is love and what is not love. That's where we're ignorant. And so the book tells you, this is love. This is not love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I think it's as I, as I expand the mental side of this conversation, it's becoming more and more clear why, that's important because we take a lot of stuff for granted that we don't even know what we're taking for granted. And then we don't realize that we, then we figured out that we didn't know what we were talking about in the first place. That if put to the test, we don't even know how to handle it. Right. We think we do.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, and, just that yeah. breakdown right there, if we can't define what love is, how do we know what we're doing? Then we run into a snag. We don't know how to handle it.
1: That's right.
0: Then you have heartbreak and pain and you ruminate over it for years.
1: Like that guy earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because there's no clarity as to what happened. And in one conversation, I gave him so much clarity. He was like, oh, my God. He just even a little while ago, he texted me. He's like, there was so much information yesterday. Yeah. You have to go over it again and go, wow. Yeah. Why was I thinking all that? Why am I holding on to all that? Why was I blaming myself? Because that's a natural thing. What did I do to deserve that?
1: Well, the other side of that coin, too, is people that I'm most familiar with, like myself, who, um, who firewall that kind of stuff did for years uh, almost like a now, I'm going to say I'm bully. I've never been a bully, but, but um, uh, you take a set, you take a set based on your own self-importance, how, how valuable you are to the situation or how important you are, or how powerful you are, whatever it is. Uh, and so you not, you're not open to that kind of stuff because you know it's a power play. You know you can get through this just with your own sheer economic muscle or whatever kind of muscle you want to use can do it.
0: What do you mean? Well, you're not
1: open. I mean, if someone, if you like, you know, I don't going to ruminate over another uh, what a girl thought. I will just find another one. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's what he said, too. He goes, he said to me, he goes, I don't cry over women. He goes, I've never cried over a woman. I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, the fact that you just said that, I just find another one. We are disposable. We don't have any value. I'll just go on to the next. We're okay. literally objectified in that statement right there.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: And that's what makes men assholes
1: right there. Where you or that came from. Right. Yeah. I you know? get it. I, know. I <laughs> lived
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that idea that women are disposable You know, they're standing in line. I can get them all the time. There's no respect. Wow.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I brought it up.
0: (laughs) Well, no, but so did he. He said to me, you know, I don't cry over women. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't cry over women? That means that they hold no value. You know, there's literally the whole idea of a relationship is so robotic. It's like a, a menu item.
1: Ah. Uh, shit. I wonder if I brought that up.
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's motivation, really, for women uh, to invest yeah. in themselves more. Yeah.
1: We're over it's the good. hour. All right. All I right. Got you it, I got it. I got it. I got it. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
2: love you. I'll see I ya. love you. Bye. Bye.